Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. God has always pointed His people eastward, not westward, toward the rising sun, not toward the setting sun, toward a new day that is coming, not the old day that is leaving, with great hopes for tomorrow and not deep regrets for yesterday. We see this principle again and again in Scripture. Everything about God faces a new day. East, of course, is the direction of a new day. The rivers flowed east out of Eden. The children of Israel journeyed east toward Canaan's land. The tabernacle of God faced east. The temple of Solomon faced east. The mighty river of the Spirit, witnessed by Ezekiel, flowed from the east side of the temple toward the east. We are going to the land of the unending day. But our lives here are to reflect and reciprocate the same. Proverbs 4.18, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. God speaks to us saying, don't face the setting sun. Your answer always lies east, faced the rising sun. The word orient means to face the east. God is orienting the people of faith to face the east, to face a new day, to start looking for that first light when God arises with healing in his wings. Be not like the faithless ones in the wilderness, thinking their best days were behind them, back in Egypt with the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic thinking that my best life is behind me, west of the Red Sea. But be like Caleb of old and say, my best days are in front of me. Give me this mountain. In fact, you could almost say that one of the definitions of the righteous is our attitude toward the future. Psalm 11 and 7 says, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness and the upright will behold his face. We shall behold him. We shall see him as he is. We shall see the future unfold as he plans. That is the hope of the righteous. Not just that everything will be better by and by, but that his kingdom will come to this earth. That there will be an unfolding of his plan and presence upon this globe. The upright will behold his face, God's face. We look eastward. We look toward a new day. We look to see the face of God. J. Vernon McGee asked some questions. What is your ambition in life today? Is it to get rich? Is it to make a name for yourself? Is it even to do some wonderful thing for God? Listen to me, beloved. The highest desire that can possess any human heart is a longing to see God. Oh, I love that. We once sang, oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever. That we could not see God, we could not see his face until we get there. But what about here? I'm glad we're going to see him over yonder 
in the great there and then, but what about seeing him in the here and in the now? Dwight Moody once said, we ought to see the face of God every morning before we see the face of man. He should be the first face we see every morning. I like that. Here on our daily devotion, I just pray that each and every morning when we arise, that's the first face we see, the face of God in our prayers. And all of this week, as we discuss our prayer life, I believe that should be the aspirational goal of each of us, to see his face in our prayers. If you want to know the greatness of God, search the word. You'll find it there. Consider one book, the lengthiest of the Bible, the book of Psalms. And here are just a few descriptions of our great God. Psalm 145, he's glorious and majestic. Psalm 93, eternal in existence. Psalm 94, the judge of all, the 116th Psalm, perfect in righteousness. The 48th Psalm, an ever-present guide. Psalm 119, good in all his deeds. Psalm 116, full of mercy and compassion. Psalm 139, he's present at all places. 147th Psalm, he's the fountain of all wisdom. And of course, the 23rd Psalm, He's the good shepherd. That's the God we want to see each and every morning. As the sun rises and we face east, each morning the earth sees and seeks its warmth. So too should you and I seek the face of God to let him arise in our hearts with healing in his wings. And so we seek his face. The first face in the morning that we long to see is that of our Lord. What does it mean to seek God's face? To see him, we seek him. There are two Hebrew words which are translated seek in relation to seeking after God. Bakash, to seek, to desire. Darash, to inquire, to frequent a place, to seek God in prayer and worship. We are promised those who seek, we will find. If we seek with all of our heart. How do we seek him? We seek him through prayer early every day. To see him, we must seek him. The psalmist said, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. I want to see the beauty of the Lord. Later in the same psalm, David said, when you said, seek my face, God, my heart said to you, Thy face will I seek. I love that passage. The 34th Psalm, the young lions lack, suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. The 105th Psalm, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face forevermore. The first face in the morning we should long to see is that of our Lord. My heart resonates when I hear the Apostle Paul say that I may know him, that I may have a deep and intimate relationship with my God. Perhaps this is the sin, the besetting sin of the 21st century. We want the mechanics. We want it quick. We want it now. But God wants us. 
God hides himself from those who want to use him. He reveals himself to those who wish to know him and to linger in his presence. Okay, this is confession time. Have you ever lost one of your children in a public place? Or do you remember as a child losing sight of your parent? Do you recall the sense of urgency, the desperation that swept over you to catch a glimpse of that person again? We should feel that for God each and every day. When was the last time you sensed that desperation? I must find God. I must get into the presence of God. Maybe we've got it all wrong. We've been using God to solve our problems rather than using our problems to find God. When we seek God in prayer, when we seek Him in a depth of worship, when we search for Him by removing the barriers and the hindrances and the attitudes and the habits and possessions and relationships that so easily get in the way, when we seek Him always and early, that His is the first face we desire to see every morning. How transformative does our prayer life become? How changed does our daily life become? Can I mention one more thing? You remember reading of Solomon's splendid temple, magnificent. They bring the Ark of the Covenant, the only piece of furniture from Moses' tabernacle, into Solomon's temple. Solomon prays, and in 2 Chronicles 6, at the opening of the next chapter, the moment he finishes praying, fire falls from heaven, lights the brazen altar, consumes the sacrifice, the glory of God, that pillar of cloud by day and fire by night falls in the temple. Everyone falls to the ground and begins to worship the Lord. He's good. His mercy endures forever. That's what they began chanting and praising to God. A long string of sacrifices are offered that day. 22,000 head of cattle, 100,000 sheep and goats. Trumpets are blown. People worship. But late that night, an exhausted but probably exhilarated King Solomon slept. And God came to him in a dream. As if to say, hey, King, about that prayer you prayed earlier today, I spoke publicly before all my people. I showed my glory, but I wanted to speak something privately and personally to you. Solomon, if there ever comes a day that there is no rain or that I do send locusts upon the land or I send a plague among my people, my people, here he comes. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. That is the answered prayer God gave to Solomon in a dream, to those who seek my face. Each morning, I have a question. Is his the first face you long to see? Or do we reach out for what Washington has to say? what the talking heads of the media have to say, or what this forum or this room has to say. His should be the first face in the morning. Seek it. Revival is sort of a forgotten word in America. 
But not long ago, several of my pastoral friends were just seated together, and the subject of revival came up. And it was an enthusing, empowering discussion. In years gone by, a revival in church meant a protracted meeting where night after night, week after week, people would gather to hear a particular preacher. But in reality, that's not revival at all. Revival isn't necessarily just winning the lost and seeing new people come to God, although that's beautiful, and it surely is a product of revival. But it's not the revival itself. Revival occurs when the people of God turn back to God. And if that revival is prolonged enough and widespread enough, we call it an awakening. In the great Welsh revival a century ago, newspaper men would arrive in Wales by the droves asking about the phenomena. One certain newspaper man asked a policeman, where is the Welsh revival? And the policeman drew himself up to full height, laid his hand over his heart and said, gentlemen, the Welsh revival is inside this uniform. Yes, revival is the indwelling holy fire within us. It's not an event. It is something that changes us, that says, I will seek the face of God. Early in the morning, I will seek after God. And when enough people began to do that, not only does revival come, but an awakening comes. Would you desire and would you covenant with me? Let's seek his face early. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.